Welcome to the Soul Church Sunday Service Podcast. Well, it is uh, lovely to be back with you. I've uh, missed you these last couple of weeks with the the wedding last week and COVID struck me down the week before. Um, So you'll be sad to hear that I'm back. Um, Peace and quiet's over. Um, But no, it's lovely uh, to be here and we believe... That God can speak to us tonight. Even though not everyone we want to be here is here, God can be here with us and speak to us by his spirit. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to read just a little bit, a few of those verses again from our passage in Hebrews. We're carrying our series. And then I'm going to talk to God and ask him to talk to each one of us. Elsie, will you move around so you can look properly, please? Verse 12, see to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. For we come to share in Christ, we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. As has just been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the desert? And to whom did God swear they would never enter his rest, if not those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, please speak to us now. Lord, we long for your spirit to touch our hard hearts. Lord, please speak to each one of us, Lord, every one of us here now, Lord. Lord, especially those here who don't know you. Father God, talk to us, speak to us. Jesus, be real to us. Help us by your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Christian life is a race. And the best part of any race is the finish line, isn't it? As we navigate this fallen world, we need to remember the finish line. We need to remember Jesus. We can make it by looking to him, by fixing our eyes on him, fixing our thoughts on Jesus. To make it, we need to remember the finish line, the destination, the place that we are heading. We need to remember heaven and the eternal rest of God. When I was in sixth form, we had a house cross-country but you, had to, you ran to represent one of the four houses. I was in Northgate all my time at school, which is like the green team. And uh, in sixth form, across country, it wasn't, it wasn't compulsory like it used to be, where everyone had to run around the field or run around uh, the estate or whatever, or up to the local farm up the hill. It was just the people stupid enough to volunteer that had to do it. And they wanted 10 runners per house. And even though cross-country is my least successful sport, 
even worse than football, I was asked to organise the house cross-country team. I thought, surely I can find ten keen bean runner types, or runner bean types, uh, to do the running for me, so that I won't have to. I wasn't built for long-distance running. I'm still, still not built for long-distance running. Um, but alas, I could only find nine suckers, uh, so I had to make up the numbers and run as well. I had to run up to the nearby farm, up the hill, back uh, past the dodgy lay-by with the toilets that have now been knocked down, and we used to have a, a teacher by the toilets uh, like every, on duty, and we thought it was to stop us having a fag halfway around, but it turns out it's because it's a dodgy place to go. Anyway, moving on quickly, um, we run uh, past that, into the housing estate, back to where the school was. Now let me tell you, one of the sweetest joys that I have ever experienced was crossing that blinking finish line. My lungs were burning, my legs were heavy, my chest was tight. And as I rounded the corner of the school and turned into the school driveway, I was spurred on by the finish line. The end was in sight and I strived, got that second wind and sprinted to the finish line. The end was in sight. And I finally collapsed in joy and ecstasy because the race was finally over. My toil or torture could come to an end. And I tell you what, that cherry Coke that I bought in the vending machine afterwards never tasted so good. Now the ancient church in Israel was supposed to be striving for the promised land. A place of rest, a picture of the true and lasting rest that is the new heavens and the new earth. They had the same finish line as we do. The same eternal rest was offered to them as is offered to us, to you. There is eternal rest for you tonight. That is what the end goal is. That is what is, we look, that's what's in sight for all of us, for all who trust Jesus. That eternal rest. That real rest. That Sabbath rest. Rest from sin and shame. Rest from sickness and sorrow. Real rest from toil and curse, from from weariness. That's the finish line. That one day we will be in a place where there is no more crying and no more pain. No more sorrow, no more sin. Where Jesus will wipe away every tear not only that but a place where we will hear the words well done my good and faithful servant where all the trials and hardships and strife all the heartache will be worth it there really is rest for you rest from this broken world with our broken bodies and our broken minds But you see, just being in church doesn't guarantee that you'll make it. There is a promise of rest for you. But just being here isn't enough. See, the ancient church, they hardened their hearts. They went after idols. They they wouldn't wait on God and they rebelled against him. 
They grumbled against him. They failed to trust, to trust him. They failed to believe the promises, and so they died in the wilderness. They never made it to the promised land. And that's a picture, because they wouldn't make it to heaven either. They missed out on the rest that they could have been theirs. They were supposed to be theirs. Tonight there is eternal rest for you. But we're all in danger of missing out. There's rest for you, but you've got to believe the gospel. You have to trust Jesus. They had the gospel preached to them. The Bible tells us that passage we read told us. But they failed to combine the gospel that was preached to them with faith. And they hardened their hearts and their disobedience. And it's a recurring theme in in church life. The writer of Hebrews that we just read, who's looking back to the times of David in Psalm 95, who is looking back to the time of Moses, warning the people once again, today, meaning every day, for all time, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as you did in the rebellion. I love that. And we could spend hours and hours and hours looking at the fact and getting excited about the fact that God speaks and he says for eternity today, do not harden your hearts as you did. That God is speaking to every generation of believers through his words and the writers knew that. There's something mind-blowing about that, that, but we'll not spend forever doing that. But the point is that today, and every day, every week, if and as God speaks to you, do not harden your hearts. Do not harden your hearts. That's what the writer of Hebrews is doing here in in chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, I just read. Reminding the people who attempted to go back to the old ways, back to the old religion, to to that works-based self-righteousness, righteousness, or that self-righteous righteousness, I should say. Saying that just just being an Israelite, just being part of, of of the faith community is not enough. You can't just go back to your traditions. You can't rely on who your parents are. You need to trust Jesus. You need to believe the gospel. See, kids, you grew up, growing up in church here. You, are you listening to me? Listening, you kids. The good news of Jesus, the gospel, the fact that Jesus died for you, Elsie, and that he loves you, and you can find forgiveness in him, that promise is yours. Promise is yours, and it's yours and yours. Every week you hear it, isn't it? It's a promise for you. And no matter what you do, you can turn to Jesus if you'll humble yourself. If you'll say, do you know what? I can't save myself. I need Jesus. You can have forgiveness. Promises for you. But it's not enough to grow up in church. It's not enough that your parents... Uh, one of the elders or your parent, you know, praise in the service or whatever it is. It's not enough. You need to believe it for yourself. You need to combine what you hear with faith. You need to follow 
Jesus. The promise of entering his rest still stands. Aren't you tired of doing the same things? Aren't you tired of being sneaky and feeling guilty when you get found out? The promise of heaven still stands. But just as they did in this passage, be careful you don't fall short. Be careful you don't miss it. Be careful you don't take it for granted. Be careful because you do have an invite to heaven, to an eternal home. But if you aren't careful, you'll be lost forever. Forever in the wilderness, in the outer darkness. How is it? How do they fall short? How is it that they died in the wilderness? It's unbelief, isn't it? That's the sum of all their disobedience, of all their rebellion. What kept them out of heaven and will keep you out of heaven is failing to believe the gospel. Of all the terrible things they did, if you read the Old Testament, they did plenty of terrible things. They took God for granted. They, they grumbled against him. They treated him and other people terribly. Of all the terrible things, they're failing to believe the promises, failing to believe in Jesus is, was their undoing. And the truth is, it will be your undoing too. You see, many people think that being religious will be enough. That coming to church will get you to a place in heaven. See, the people that the writer's talking to, of Hebrews, the people that David and Moses are talking to, they were inside the ancient church, inside the camp, part of the church family. They saw all the miracles, the Red Sea parting, and the pillar of cloud and fire, and the manna and the quail every morning for breakfast. The war from the rock. God literally saved their lives over and over and over again. They saw it all, but it didn't save them. They failed to combine the gospel preached to them and presented to them with faith. Coming to church isn't enough. Having a granny or an uncle who prays for you isn't enough. Today, do not harden your heart. There is rest for you. There is rest from your sins and your sorrow, from your temptations. Heavenly rest. Like the best moments in church, times a million, forever and ever and ever. That feeling of belonging and security, that peace and that joy and that love, forever and ever and ever. Do not harden. Your heart. There is rest for you, but you've got to trust Jesus. You've got to get over the finish line. You've got to run the race. You've got to strive and believe the gospel. Now, I don't want to just steamroll through this passage. Like, there's a lot going on there. It's a lot of verses. It's a long reading, well done, Pete. But a verse 11 makes it clear, isn't it? That, verse 11 of chapter 4. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. Disobedience, they disobeyed Jesus. They didn't believe. We have to make every effort to enter that rest. 
Wrestler is so much, wrestler is so much sweeter, isn't it, when you work for him? Men, anyone knows that? Sitting down with a nice cold can of pop after mowing the lawn is the nicest can of pop going, isn't it? Rest that's worked for is better than one that isn't. Just like that dreadful cross-country race, isn't it? We, but, let's be careful, because we believe that you cannot earn your place in heaven. And I'm, I'm not, he's not saying that in, in the passage, and I'm not saying that now. You cannot earn your place in heaven, and that is, it's got to be through faith. We can't save ourselves, only Jesus can save us. And yet, this passage tells us to strive, to run the race. As one of my pastor heroes, Mark Dever, says, this life is a race and not a ride. The Christian life is a race, it's not a ride. It requires effort. We have to strive. There on the face of it, we can fall into, all, into traps of wrong thinking with this, so just be careful. But that's why I put these verses together. We'll lump them in, those... I mean, I'll maybe go home tonight and read it. If you've got my email this week, hopefully you read these verses before you came. I'm not going to ask you, so don't feel guilty about it. In this big chunk, because they're all related and connected, and it makes it clearer if you look at the whole argument. Now, I know some of you here uh, are more sensitive, have more sensitive consciences. That some of you love Jesus, and yet you fear you'll never make it into heaven. And I also think some of you maybe have hardened your hearts. You're not on your way to heaven. You don't really believe the gospel. But have convinced yourself that your works, your religion, will save you. So it's tricky for me to speak to you both, both types of people clearly without crushing one and galvanising the other. So I pray, hopefully God will speak to you. <laughs> Make it clear to you. That you need to trust Jesus and believe the gospel in the first place. You cannot save yourself. You cannot earn your forgiveness. But Jesus, in his mercy and grace, died in your place on the cross. Paying the price for your sins so you might be forgiven. You need to believe that. That needs to be the hope that undoes all other hopes. But if you really do believe the gospel, if you really have trusted Jesus, we are free then to follow him. Not under the oppressive whip of self-justification, thinking, oh, I've got to run fast, I've got to make it, I've got to get there myself, I've got to earn this. Like the Jehovah's Witnesses, who've got, they don't knock the doors, they're not going to make that final list of 144,000. It's a very short list, and they have to earn their place. That's not what we're doing here. But if you trust Jesus, you're then free to run for the pleasure of your creator. Like the man in uh, Chariots of Fire, isn't it? Once you've trusted Jesus, no one can snatch you out of his hand. But Christians, we need to strive. We need to run the race. We need to trust him in every part of life. Make every effort to enter that rest, it says. Do not be complacent. But the beauty of Christian marriage, when two people take promises 
they've made before God to each other very seriously. Ideally, it means that you know that you can't get divorced. You're in this for life. Till death do us part. That's what it means. Now, that brings great security. I know that Emma isn't going to leave me. She might murder me. It's on tape now. So if I go missing, you know what's happened. She's not going to leave me. Now, I can become... She takes those vows seriously. And I know she loves Jesus. And I think she loves me. Now, I can become complacent in that and be a crap husband, be unloving and uncaring and selfish, and we will both be miserable. Or, I can strive to be the best husband that I can be, knowing that even when I fail to be the husband I should be, we can both both flourish and have joy and live life to the full. Think about that picture a little bit. Likewise, if the foundation of your relationship with Jesus is the gospel, is his sacrifice on the cross, that he undeservedly dies for our sins, for all we deserve, when there is freedom, then there is freedom to live. There's freedom to run the race. If you take Jesus' grace for granted, you will make yourself miserable. Missing out on the life that could be yours. However, if your foundation with God is built on self-justification, on religion, then you will resent him. And your unbelief will condemn you, the Bible says. See, but then the tricky part is that some of you are miserable because you aren't running the race. And you aren't enjoying the grace of God like you could be. You're Christians, but you're miserable. And you're being dragged like a moody toddler around no park. I've been there. Or, and others of you, you know, you're being dragged by God to heaven, kicking and screaming, really. Or others of you are miserable because you are, uh, you are running, but you haven't entered the race. You're running the wrong way. You're running to eternal destruction because you failed to combine the gospel preached to you, even today, with faith. You'd rather trust in yourself. And be honest and trust Jesus' death and resurrection. But today, do not harden your heart. Stop putting your fingers in your ears, hoping the problem will go away. That that nagging, niggly, niggling pang of your conscience, that guilt that you feel when you push away or drink away or whatever it is. Today, throw yourself on the mercy of Jesus. Christians here, don't be miserably dragged to heaven. Run that race. Strive. What does that striving mean? It means making every effort to trust Jesus in all circumstances, in all areas of your life. It means talking to him, praying about everything and all things. Listening to him, doing your RBTs, turning up to church, to prayer meeting, investing your life and your time in Jesus and his kingdom and his family here in the church. Those things in themselves won't save you, but once you're saved, they will make you happy. Once you're in the race, you'll be rewarded. 
There is eternal rest for you. But don't assume it. Don't be complacent about it. Don't take it for granted. Run to Jesus and keep living for him. Today, if you're struggling to run the race, if you're weary and you're tired, if you've lost sight of that finish line, living for the here and now and not for eternity, please don't despair. It's only unbelief that keeps you out of heaven. It's not our failures. It's not our fears. But keep going. As they say, when my kids are complaining about we walked too far today, Daddy, we're only meant to go into the park and you've dragged us around all the lanes and the fields. Come on, kids, one foot in front of the other. One foot in front of the other, one day at a time. You may be tired now, but the rest will be much, much sweeter. Friends, life is hard. Life's hard. But heaven is our home. Remember for the Christian that it doesn't get any worse than this life. This life is not it. The best is yet to come. For those who don't believe, it doesn't get any better than this. So be warned. Let us run the race together. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. There is eternal rest for you. Each one of you here can know hope and peace, forgiveness. There is life and rest for you in Jesus. Just believe that good news and follow after him. Let's pray to Jesus together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your, for your son. Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord, please, that each one of us here would know him close to us now. Lord, those who don't know you, Lord, those who are, Lord, running to hell because they're of their unbelief, Lord, please, would you open their eyes. Lord Jesus, rescue each one of us from ourselves, from eternal damnation. Help us to find your rest and look forward to that. Lord, those of us who are struggling, Lord, we know that we're yours, but life's dragging us down. Lord, help us to strive and to run, right, to fix our eyes on you and to keep going and to look forward to our eternal rest. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for the Soul Church Sunday podcast. We hope it helped you and blessed you. We'd love to see you on a Sunday, 6pm in Neath Town Hall.